Oh, Lord God, we thank you for February the 4th. Thank you, Lord God, that you woke us up this morning Amen. early and we got into your word, Lord God. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you that you're coming back, Lord God, to, and thank you that you heal us, prosper us, carry us. You give us skill and wisdom. You give us understanding and knowledge. And we give us humor and joy and laughter, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint our head with oil and our cup runs over. Thank you that goodness is surely running after us and mercy are catching up to us, Lord. And we shall dwell in your house forever and ever. Amen, Lord. Be in our reading today. And thank you for the light you give us, Lord. The light of Jesus Christ. The Father of lights gives us light. Amen. Amen. Anna, would you please start our reading? Sure. You like that? You want me to do it? Um, Exodus 19:16 to 21:21. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on, top of, on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord told Moses, Go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries to see the Lord or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But the Lord, but Lord, Moses protested, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, mark off a boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. But the Lord said, go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let the priests or the people break through to approach the Lord. Or he will break out and destroy them. So Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said. Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God before me. Or you, not, you must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children 
the entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations to come. Who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but a, the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, and your daughters, and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your mother and your father. Then you will live a long, full life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor, you must not covet your neighbor's house, you must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast on the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning, and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at the distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you, and so that you fear him, and you keep from sinning, and you will Fear him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. And the, the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifice to me. Sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. And I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look up under your clothing and see your nakedness. These are the regulations you must present to Israel. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he may serve for no more than six years. Set him free in the seventh year, and he will owe, nothing, owe you nothing for his freedom. If he was single when he became your slave, he shall leave single, but if he was married before he came a slave, then his wife must be freed with him.
If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave and they had sons and daughters, then only the man will be free in the seventh year, but his wife and children will still belong to his master. But the slave may declare, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I don't want to go free. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or door, doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an owl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be free. freed at the end of the six years as men are. If she does not satisfy her owner, he must allow her to be bought back again, but he is not allowed to sell her to foreigners, since he is the one who broke the contract with her. But if the slave owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave, but as a daughter. If a man who has married a slave wife takes another wife for himself, he must not neglect the rights of the first wife to food, clothing, and sexual intimacy. If he fails in any of these three obligations, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. Anyone who assaults and kills another person must be put to get death. But if it was simply an accidental permitted by God, accident permitted by God, I will appoint a place of refuge where the slayer can run for safety. However, if someone deliberately kills another person, then the slayer must be dragged even from my altar and be put to death. Anyone who strikes the strikes father or mother must be put to death. Kidnappers must be put to death whether they are caught up in possession or possession of their victims or have already sold them as slaves. Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Now suppose two men quarrel and one, of, one hits the other with a stone or fist and the injured person does not die but is confined to bed. If he is later able to walk outside again, even a, with a crutch, the assailant will not be punished but must compensate his victim for lost wages and provide for his full recovery. If a man beats his male or female slave with a club and the slave dies as a result, the owner must be punished. But if the slave recovers within a day or two, then the owner shall not be punished since the slave is his property. Amen. Matthew 23, 13-19 What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourself, and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, <clears throat> hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourself are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits your, you for you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. 
And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind, for which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and by everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb garden, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like the washed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors kill, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, If we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourself that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, sons of vipers, who will you escape the judgment? How will you escape the judgment of hell? Excuse me. Therefore, I, Jesus, am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law, but you will kill some by crucifixion, and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time, from the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, when you killed in the temple, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather you, your children, together as a hand protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me, and now, look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord.
Amen. Wow, beautiful. All right, uh, Psalms. Entrust yourself to God's mercy as you pray. Psalm 28. Affirm your trust in God's justice, protection, and strength. Psalm 28, 1 through 9. A prayer of David. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For you are silent. I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help. As I lift my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil. Those who speak friendly words to their neighbors. While planting evil in their hearts. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure out in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. Give them a taste of what they have done to others. They care nothing for what the Lord has done or for what His hands have made. So He will tear them down and they will never be rebuilt. Praise the Lord for He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust Him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives His people strength he is a safe fortress from his anointed king. Spare your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms forever. Amen. Proverbs 7, 1 through 5. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman. From listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. Amen. Now we will begin our commentary. Uh, let me read uh, today's study on Matthew 23, 24, and 25. 23 and 24, 25 says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income. Okay, let's go with that. The Pharisees strained their water so they wouldn't actually swallow a gnat, an unclean insect according to the law. They were meticulous about the details of ceremonial purification, but they had lost their perspective on inner purity. They were ceremonially clean on the outside that had corrupt hearts. Corrupt hearts were as big as camels. It's possible to obey the details of the law but disobey the purpose of the law. For example, we could be very precise and faithful about giving 10% of our money to God but refuse to give one minute of our time in helping others. Tithing is important for supporting others, but giving a tithe does not exempt us from fulfilling God's other directives. Obedience in one part of our lives does not make us this lives does make us for disobedience. Anyway, right here it says that the greater things of the law is what? Mercy? Neglect? What do you say? Mercy? 
and faith. Justice, justice, mercy, and faith. Justice, as it's kind of Micah 6, 8 that says, What does the Lord require of you, O man, that you, you walk justly? You act justly. I love that. Acting justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. Amen. Acting justly is trying is acting fairly. I saying you know fairly with others. I love it. Woohoo! Boy, that was some hard hitting hits. Jesus was really. You know, I I kind of like was I circled all the times he called them a hypocrite and all the times he called them blind fools and blind. Mm. It's like seven times of hypocrites I counted. I might have missed one along the way. I don't know, but. Five times blind and seven times hypocrites, and I, I should have underlined what sorrow awaits you, what sorrow awaits you, well, that's three, what sorrow awaits you, four, what sorrow awaits you, five, what sorrow awaits you, and six, seven, about seven times what sorrow awaits you. And they were so close to salvation, so close to salvation, you know, and they were right, right in front of them. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how with them, he doesn't have a problem telling them like it is. You know, with the prostitute, the tax collector, uh, the people, you know, that were uh, sinners also, he didn't do this. He didn't say they're hypocrites. He didn't say that they're, you know, blind. He, did, he had mercy on the, the sinners or the lost. But here, he just goes at it. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> what sorrow awaits you? One, two, oh my God, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Seven times I see that in the scripture. You know, one of the things that is very clear is what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Amen. You won't get in yourselves and you don't let others in. So they're 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 not gonna get in for what they're doing, but that shuts the door for others to get in, which mm-hmm. is a, even a huge woe to you. Uh what sorrow awaits you. Wow. Um you know uh, it's amazing here because he said in this generation, all the all the even from Abel all the way to Zechariah, so sad, you know, mm-hmm. will be held responsible mm-hmm. for all the yeah. all the deaths. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems to me like the father is coming home and he had enough with the unruly children, yeah. you know, and in his house, and he's saying, you know, this is the maximum uh, a chance for you to repent. I'm showing you signs and wonders. I'm I'm written in the scripture, and you still want to hang on to your greed. You still want to hang on to your to your long tassels and and your and actually your power. You want to hang on to the power control, yeah. And um and then have their own, you know, make it hard for the people. So he said, enough is enough. You know, he just uh, slammed them and says, and then the the beauty of it is his heart. He says, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And I bet you he was crying right here. The city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. I'll say that. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hand protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. And now, look, your house is abandoned and desolated. 
For I tell you this, you will never see me again unless you until say, you until say. you say, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Blessings in the name who comes to the Lord. Okay, um, well, you have anything else in this? Yeah, um, you know, this is, uh, really, I, this is the first time that I really read closely on the part about when, you, when they swear, you know, um, and he compares, which is more important. It says, what's our way to you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it's binding to swear by the gold in the temple. And then he says, blindfolds, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? So he gives a couple of examples there on how when you when you do swear, you're even to the throne of God, you're, you're doing that. Um, so... Um, and I really believe we. <coughs> it says, and when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God, and by God who sits on the throne. Wow. Um, wow. He really addresses all the all the areas of there. Maybe, maybe that's another way to uh, uh, command something and pray for something and zero it in. You know, the ultimate thing that a human being can do to uh, to sanctify um, you know your giving say first Lord I give you Lord I swear by the temple that I give this gold to be used for your glory Lord God that is my best of my ability to give it to you Lord sanctify it Lord God and please take it as a sweet offering well, I don't think we need to say I swear I know later I, on. I, I, later on, he said, talks about you know you shouldn't do that. Yeah, just I, say yes or no. Yeah, you know I I used but to you, do that before I I knew this. Yeah, I, I, we used to do it as yeah, kids. You know, yeah. swear to God or yeah. swear by your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I I'm very careful not to do that. But um, I don't understand what the word really swear means, but I just think it's just very strong uh, uh, soul commandment. Mm -hmm. You know, of your your faith, just zeroing in on the wrong thing. Those yeah, guys were zeroing in on the wrong, wrong thing. thing. Yes, I think exactly what you say because they said you when you um, what the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred. When you swear by the altar, you're swearing by it and everything on it. So you're really like kind of like it's a sacred place. You're not considering its holiness you're not considering it's you're being indifferent yeah, again yeah, and, it's not and, good. and uh, you know you've been devilish trying to take the power away from god and uh, yeah the, maybe that's yeah or the credit yeah like, like commanding god like well you know he's god on the throne and you're trying to tell him what to do that's not right <laughs> you know? uh. um, so anyway i saw that but um It's just a lot of things that, you know, they basically had a lot of areas of just greed, pride, control. Amen. The seven sins, almost. Um, there's something else in here that stood out. Oh, um, uh, what else? You were talking about the prophets. Oh, um. That's very important, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law: justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do it, but do not neglect or find more than okay. That's a that's really you know just it: justice, mercy, and faith. Those are what the law is about. 
And that's our Jesus. He's a God of justice. He's a God of mercy. And a God that has, is huge, huge, gigantic faith. We could never even, you know, fathom his faith. Okay. Would you read this um, on the New Testament, most asked questions, please? Long paragraph here. Yeah, oh, I'll split it with you. Didn't we? Did you read? Okay. What is God's covenant with His people? The covenant relationships that God established and developed with His people may be the most important theological theme of the Old Testament. The covenant theme in the Old Testament begins with Noah, through whom God made a covenant with all of creation. God promised to uphold the created order and gave the rainbow as a sign of this commitment. God later established a covenant relationship with Abraham and his family through circumcision. Genesis 17.10 In God's covenant with Abraham promised descendants, land, and rulers. These promises form the basis of the covenants God later made with his people. God's covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai was a national covenant whose sign was the Sabbath. It addressed how Israel would be the chosen descendants of Abraham. The covenant took the form of a suzerain vassal treaty, an ancient relationship established between a great king and loyal subjects. The Sinai covenant was renewed in Deuteronomy and Joshua 24. The renewed focus on God's promises of land and how Israel could conduct itself while inhabiting the land. God later formed a covenant with King David, 2 Samuel 2, which provided the line of kings God promised to Abraham and Jacob. Years later, at a low point in Israel's history, the prophet Jeremiah told of a new covenant in Israel's future, in which it deals of the covenants with Abraham and Israel would finally be realized Jeremiah's prophecy found fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus Christ Hebrews 8 6 13 this new covenant provides the ultimate fulfillment of the previous promises that God made to his people so how many covenants do we have we have the Noah covenant well it's the same agreement with I know but there's a few covenants that happened before the final covenant that's all I'm saying okay so what else you say? There's one with Abraham. I'm just counting the covenants. Here, that's all. But I am the Abraham. But he renewed the covenant with everybody else. And the Sinai covenant, Mosaic covenant, right? At different times, yeah. And then King David. Are they different, or is it the same covenant? What well, says? And then the new covenant. Okay. Well, it just said it fulfilled, all of these covenants fulfilled Jesus. It says, found fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The new covenant provides the ultimate fulfillment of the previous promises mm. that God made to his people. Ultimate, I love yeah. it. Yeah. The one, two, three, four. Hmm, okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Outstanding, yeah. Noah Abraham. Jeremiah's prophecy found mm -hmm. fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
ultimate fulfilling the previous promise that God fulfilled. Amen. Blessed be the word of the Lord. The uh, it's the he was given the Ten Commandments here, and it's interesting to see that uh, all those commandments we can keep in Jesus Christ, as long as we're in Jesus, and and uh, you know hold all these commandments on these one two: love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, and love. Your neighbor as you love yourself. So, kind of like God was giving us, uh, you know, He was giving us the ability to do that through Jesus Christ. It was, it was yeah, amen. Right here, this is the this is what the law says right here on, on verse thirty. Don't be afraid, Moses asserted them. God has come in this way to test you, and so that you fear of Him will keep you from sinning. Your fear of Him will keep you from sinning. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I always ask God all the time. It says, "Why doesn't God show Himself run through L.A. like a, a three hundred foot?" Um, warrior that he is and stop and have people terrify people and they would <laughs> they wouldn't uh sin you know he does he show himself a few people you know how fierce she can be as a warrior you know you know i i still you know if i was picturing myself in that place as i was reading it because that would instill fear in you the thunder and the the fire and the you know the Lightning, you know, even when I hear lightning and thunder around here, that kind of scares me a little bit. So I was trying to picture what they were seeing. The mountain shook violently. You know, there was a lot happening here that would cause the people not to want to approach God because mm -hmm. they thought he was a. They were afraid, right? Right. You know, so that's that's the beauty of the new covenant. Now God has removed the veil. And we have access to the Holy of Holies. We don't need a priest to do that anymore. And we come in crying, Abba, Father. You know, knowing we're a forgiven people. Knowing that we, you know, um, grace, truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. Amen. So, um, that, but I was putting myself there. Wow, how would I have reacted? Um And, but God was clear, you know, he was, te like you said, testing them, but he said, don't, don't let them come past that boundary. You know, they couldn't go past that boundary. And then they got the, these commandments. Amen. Right here in the Exodus, it says, uh, on the contrary, God's commands and gui guidelines, when followed, would create a community that would provide for the needs of every individual in a loving and responsible manner. Leviticus 25. Far from threatening their fortunes, God's command would greatly bless them if only they would obey. There's a key word, obey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By Jesus' time, however, most people had twisted God's laws again. They thought that by obeying God's law, they could mm -hmm. earn His protection from disaster and prosper from His blessings. They thought they could manipulate God. Today, money, pleasure, morality, or influence can become God's 
if we focus on them for identity, making, or security. No one sets out to worship other these things, but we can twist them over time by the amount of time we de devote to them. They can grow into gods that control our thoughts and energies. Listening to God first keeps these things from turning into God's Humbly walking with our God, you know, and giving thanks when we mess up. In the, <clears throat> so the, the, the problem can dissolve. That's why we thank Him in the situation. So in the situations, we're actually pleading for God's presence. You know, um, I, I like, I was just reading the part about build for me an altar made of earth. And offer your sacrifices to me. It's in 24. Your burnt offerings and peace offerings. Your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. Mm. And I will come to you and bless you. Mm. You know how um, uh, Jacob built an altar everywhere he went. Abraham did the same thing. I think Isaac did too probably. I don't know. But they built altars wherever they were That's moving. Right. There's, yeah. there's the law. Mm -hmm. They were doing that, and that was before the law got given. So that was how they had that relationship with their God. Um, and then it says, um, if you use um, stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up the steps. Okay about the negatives but it's interesting when you talk about the stone Jesus is the cornerstone so he didn't want anything to, to have you know it had to be almost a, a natural beautiful stone to be used at the altar amen <clears throat> amen the other part over here that uh, where it talks about oh in the Old Covenant where it says uh, down here on number 4, I think it's 20 verse 4 or 21 verse 4. I don't, I don't know where I'm at right now. The, the numbers are too small. Um, it says, um, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. Okay, it goes to the third and fourth generations. But, this is awesome promises. I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations mm. on those who love me and obey my commands. See how much the blessing is just by... Mm. Um, and it says lavish unfailing um, love. It's not just... I love, you know, I'm going to love you all these years. It's lavish love. Now, what does the word lavish mean to you? Lavish, boy, that's uh -huh. uh, slap it on more than enough. Yeah. That's like the other day we were seeing that movie and that man, you walked in, you saw the bathroom member in his home when he walked in. That, to me, is lavish. Lavish. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you know. Um, so, for a thousand generations, that is, that is awesome. Hmm. Okay. The other way is to the, the the sins keep going to the third or fourth generation. 
um, but then in the new covenant, it's awesome because you know I will remember your sins no more. It's mm-hmm. even better. Amen. God, it really does. It's awesome, babe. Would you uh, end it with a prayer, please? Okay, yes, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your your wonderful, wonderful word, Father, where we can just take hold of your promises and have hope, Lord. And, and Father, we just bless this day, Lord. We bless the word that, that's come out of our mouths, Lord. And Father, we thank you for teaching us, Lord, and, and the ways that we walk, Lord, and to have... Uh, faith and justice and mercy with others, Lord, and, and we thank you for the new covenant, Lord, because the old covenant, Father, we couldn't attain. And if I'm just we're using that to, to for us to come to the end of ourselves, but in the new covenant, uh, the blood of Jesus speaks of better things. The blood of Jesus, the broken body of Jesus, has brought many blessings. In the blood of Jesus, many uh, blessings. But Father, we just receive those blessings into this household, Father. And we thank you that you're a God that goes to and fro, Lord, looking to bless those who are, whose hands are uh, open wide, Father, to receive your gifts, Lord, and your blessings. And we take what you have, Lord. But look for us here at 542 East London. We're, we're willing and we, we're excited, Lord. That's all I want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so be. Beautiful prayer, Mama.